Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 71, Student Project Spotlight, from Osteoblasts to Graphene. For those of you who follow our social media or are part of the Aerospace and Innovation Academy family, you know our students do real-world experiential aerospace on a regular basis. Students find a place in the industry to capitalize on their passions and interests. And today's two featured students have taken these opportunities to a whole new level. Paul Kiesling, a freshman at Exeter Academy, returns to share about his current research and entrepreneurial endeavors, while Yasmin Schauer, a college student at Florida Atlantic University's Honors College, discusses her work with osteoblasts as well as her presentations at recent conferences. In what we hope to become a series, we'll interview students who are actively engaged in setting their personal bars high in order to pursue their futures. And as always, we hope that you'll stay tuned after the episode for our takeaways. Welcome, Paul and Yasmin. We're so excited that you could meet with us today to kind of update our listeners, or at least even tell them maybe for the first time about the incredible research that both of you have been doing. Um, I want to start off by having you introduce yourselves, telling the audience maybe where you're attending school, um, you know, at what level you're at at school, how you got interested in space in general, or the work that you're doing. Let's start with Yasmin. Hi, I'm Yasmin Shower. I'm a rising sophomore at the Florida Atlantic University Wilkes Honors College. Uh, my current major is behavioral neuroscience with a focus in psychology, and I'm hoping to go into medical research. Uh, hello, my name is Paul Kieslink. I'm a rising 10th grader at Phillips Exeter Academy, which is a boarding high school in New Hampshire. Um, and I started working with Ms. Christensen and Mr. Simmons in the Wolfpack in the sixth grade when I met them. So it's been a lot of years now, and I'm excited to continue working and sharing with you what we've done so far this year. Paul is our, our first, second speaker on our podcast. We were just thinking about that earlier today. I think when he originally spoke, you spoke a little bit about some of the advocacy work that we do, like in Florida Space Day and so forth. And now here you are talking about incredible scientific research that you're doing as well. So why don't we start off with a little bit about what it is that you're currently researching. Since we just um, alluded a little bit to that, Paul, why don't we start with you and tell us a little bit about this graphene stuff. Like we don't know what it is, what does it do and why should we care? Yeah, so as part of the Wolfpack, one of the coolest things that I think we do is we apply to and go to and present at many different conferences, such as the International Astronautical Congress and COSPAR. Um, and so pretty much everyone, everybody submits their own papers and is researching different areas of science. Um, and so what I'm writing for for the COSPAR Scientific Assembly this year, which is going to be later in the summer, is about graphene, which is essentially... Uh, a 2D allotrope of carbon, which means that it has all of the same atoms as carbon, just rearranged in a different way. And graphene is widely considered a wonder material just due to all of the vast applications of it. For example, it could be used in supercapacitors and to make more efficient solar cells. Then there's also a lot of um, applications for it in like biomedical fields. And it's hypothesized that could help prevent cancer. And it could also be used to create water filters. So they're just a really wide range of applications. Um, but one of the main reasons why it's not too widely known right now is because of all the obstacles with mass producing it, um, because it's harder to do this. Uh, it's harder to do it on Earth. However, in my paper, I'm trying. I'm focusing on how microgravity can help. Um, the unique conditions of microgravity can help make it easier to produce graphene, mainly through the loss of convection. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, and for our listeners, Paul dropped some serious lingo there, but I'll only break down one word, allotrope. What's interesting is he is working with a pure carbon substance. It's all dependent, the properties that he's looking at, they're all dependent on how the carbon atoms combine with or, or attach to each other uh, covalently. And so if you have a really disorganized a bunch of carbon, we might call that charcoal or even graphite for a pencil. But when you get really organized, you can build things like graphene sheets and you can build even uh, uh, graphene uh, like nanotube, carbon nanotube. So what Paul is looking at is a unique way that scientists have found to arrange carbon atoms such that we get these fantastic properties, especially related to conductivity. Uh, what else, Paul? Conductivity and what are some other attributes you're really looking at? Yeah, um, conductivity. Um, yeah, so that's the main attribute in my paper that I'm looking at for supercapacitors and photovoltaic cells. Then beyond that, it also has, I think, very small pore sizes. So it can be used for ultrafiltration um, and pretty much just makes very pure water very efficiently. Um, and then it's also super strong and super light. So it can be combined with other materials like aerogel in order to like, um, in order to make even more properties and just apply it to many different things. That's, that's very cool. So when we think about printing electric circuits, right, instead of having a copper wire covered in plastic, imagine we take something like liquid, you know, a, a form and make an electrical circuit out of these carbon materials. So it's fantastic. So uh, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm very excited that you're working on not only graphene, but you're applying it to space. So that's something we always encourage our kids is Find something you love and let's figure out how to do it in space. Yes, I mean, you're doing that as well, right? You found something that you were interested in with your kind of like your medical field and then you've applied it to space as well. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with osteoblasts. Yeah, so um, my paper is looking at osteoblasts and osteoclasts, which are two different types of bone cells and essentially looking at the formation rates and resorption and comparing how these cells are impacted by microgravity so our research is hoping to figure out why um, the bone cells resorb and form at different rates, causing um, essentially loss of bone at one to two percent a month. So we're looking at trying to find the genes involved, um, transcription factors, and essentially hoping to find a way to counteract that. That's fantastic. That yeah, that's. That I am so uh, excited that these are the two students speaking today because not only are they just wonderful people, but your topics are so fantastic. Really so, uh, and, and Yasmin knows this, but 30 years ago when I was about her age, I was uh, killing mice and making bone cell cultures and, and so fascinated with uh, the unloading of the skeletal system. And she's right, the astronauts have to work really hard not to have their bones demineralize when we're in free fall that's around you were, that's that was part of your job right you weren't just like killing you i don't want our listeners to think that you're like some weird mass I, I was a biochemist I was there a bio, we go now I, I, we understand why he was killing the mice um but you know they're a, a fantastic model pretty close to humans and of course now uh she is working on an area that we're hoping to do research in space so let's talk about what a busy spring that the three of us had as far as a few specific events that were very entrepreneurial which i like and um let's let's uh paul let's open up with the uh nss uh, i'm sorry the um ISS Sustainability Challenge. Could you tell uh, our audience a little bit about it and what uh, you and Yasmin worked on as far as that? 
Uh, yeah, so one of the cool things that we were able to do this spring was participate in the ISS Sustainability Challenge. So essentially, this is an annual competition, and every year the internet, the, the labs on the International Space Station release like um, release a competition with a specific prompt. And essentially, this year, what they're trying to do is leverage the unique microgravity environment of the International Space Station in order to find solutions for plastic pollution here on Earth. So what we did to work on it was we submitted our Wolfs we submitted our Wolfs out one idea which we had been working on previously, uh, and that essentially was using a bacterium known as Idenellus sicensis, which has the unique ability to digest uh, PET, which is a commonly uh, which is a commonly used single use plastic, um, in order to uh, and see how microgravity affected the plastic digestion of, of the Idenellus sicensis and its biofilm production. So we're essentially able to monitor. Um, if it accelerated the process and see how microgravity could help um, increase the plastic consumption of adenyl sequences. And, and for our listeners, again, this was an entrepreneurial endeavor. And Paul, who was, uh, I guess, just in the ninth grade, beginning the ninth grade, he led the entire effort for submitting our uh, proposals. I believe you had to create a, a, a video presentation as well. Uh, could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so the video present, so there was different stages to this competition. The first one, we had to create a small document just giving an overview of our mission, what we hope to do, and the concept of operations of what the satellite would do once it got to space. And once we were approved for that, we moved on to the second round, which was creating a presentation in a five minute video that went more in detail in the actual science about what was going to happen. Uh, and so we did that, and it was, um, it was a really cool experience to be making the presentation. Uh, and also continuing to develop the idea of the WolfSat one and then making the video for it. Right. Now, we did not win that competition. Uh, we, we got cut just before the finals round. But what, what I want to share is that Paul's video and his efforts were so, uh, he, he was so impressive to the judges that they literally created a, a special award and uh, requested a special meeting uh, to share with Paul how he had impressed them. And he actually won an honorable mention for this challenge uh, because of the quality of the work he had done. So I'm, uh, you know, we're obviously really proud of you on that. Now, shortly after this event happened, um, we rolled into this other event and I'll let Yasmin share a little bit about it called the NASA iTech. So Yasmin, could you pick up the story from there? Sure. So for NASA iTech, we essentially expanded a little bit upon um, the sustainability challenge and we wrote a five page paper and submitted it to the NASA iTech competition. And um, we were actually chosen as one of the seven companies nationwide to um, participate in a pitch event to all these companies who would potentially fund us and support us in our research. Um, and again, this was for the IDNLS Kinsey's and trying to um, transfect some of these genes into tardigrades. And um, explain what a tardigrade is for the audience. A tardigrade is just like a, a bacteria that's more plentiful and common. And um, since the IDNLS Kinsey's is so rare, um, tardigrades are the one option which we could find a lot of to be able to transfect a lot of these genes and manipulate some of that, but also they're very resistant in extreme conditions. 
So essentially considering it could, they could also potentially digest plastic easier in microgravity or right. just have a lot and more applications. Yes, these, these creatures are loved by school children everywhere. They're about a thousand cells. They're little proto animals and they are, I don't wanna say they're as ubiquitous in our, all the biomes of earth as bacteria are, but they are resilient. They have been shot out of, uh, on bullets. They have been placed outside the ISS in the vacuum of space. They have this, they're, they're incredibly resilient. These are the water bears, right? Yes, I think that, yes. So I'm thinking from a merchandising aspect, we've got to like make a plush tardigrade, right? And yes. like we could, we could promote it through the wolf. We could sell a lot of, of uh, if we had a, a yeah gift shop, we, yeah. we could crush it. But um, so we, uh, Yasmin and Paul were, you know, the, the work that we had done about trying to transfect or take the genetic pathways out of this bacteria and put it into a different creature uh, we actually got high marks from uh, JPL, uh, I'm sorry, NASA Ames. The NASA Ames folks thought the biology behind our idea was, uh, they gave us pretty good marks for that. And this competition, to, just to give you a little background, the NASA iTech is about advanced concepts. And as Paul mentioned, uh, this other entity, uh, uh, the advanced concepts uh, at NASA, they said, okay, this year's theme is how do we remove, uh, how do we uh, make the logistics pipeline or the logistics uh, system more efficient and, and remove plastic from it. That was our, our thinking. The other theme they had was advanced photovoltaics. So that's the, the theme of the year. So we were able to leverage the, the good work Paul had started with um, the sustainability challenge. We did become one of the seven companies we, we pitched as uh, Blue Cube Aerospace. And for our listeners, um, we actually have, uh, there's, there's one investor in particular that was impressed enough that he is trying to um, find us a uh, waste facilities plant such that we can eventually put in a pilot bioreactor to um, you know, put some of our modified creatures in. So this, this is a, you know, we're, we're not claiming this is the magic bullet for plastic pollution, but we recognize what a big problem it is. So I think for our listeners, it's certainly, I, I know this from working with the students and, and with you, but I see it more and more, especially when I hear the, the students talking. And that is, it sounds like you're able to take what a student starts with as an idea that they're interested in, and then they can capitalize upon that in a myriad ways, whether it's entering at different contests, and then they can morph and work together with other students who've done research to do even bigger things. Is that what happened in this instance? Absolutely. And um, I think the idea is whatever you're interested in, right? Paul was a co-I on our last WolfSat 1 proposal to NASA. So the idea is take some theme and see just how deep we can take it and how uh, uniquely we might connect it. And uh, I think the students here, uh, especially yeah. my older, you know, our older students that aren't middle school age, they have a real um, aptitude for the entrepreneurial yeah. stuff. Well, and I think also it's just a matter of as they think about your next steps, whether it's going to colleges or whether it's for employment, right? In the case of Yasmin, that will be her next step. It's really about finding something that you're starting off to build your, your resume and you're looking very solid as far as your competition goes. Right. But I do want to ask you this, as you are both students, right? How do you manage your regular schoolwork and still do these ridiculous tasks? Let's start with the Yasmin with that person. We'll jump over to Paul. I mean, I just, I find this is something that I enjoy. So even though it's a lot more academic than say something like a sport, it's my way of also like 
turning my focus away from like studying in college and the college classes and then kind of focusing on something that I enjoy researching. It's not really work if you enjoy it, is it? Or it, it's easier yeah. to do it for longer periods of time. Yeah, that makes good sense because anyway. you're diverting, but it's all still at the same time building that information that you care about as well. So that's and, and you also have a, a part-time job with an endocrinologist, right? I do. So that takes some of your time as well. So that time management. Okay, Paul, how about you? Um, for me, I just sort of approach it as another extracurricular almost. And like, as Jasmine said, I enjoy working on this type of stuff. Um, like in college, I want to go into astrophysics and then have a job in the aerospace sector beyond. So this is all very valuable experiences for me. And I just enjoy researching this. And then if you approach it just as an other extracurricular, it just makes it seem much more manageable. Um, and then also some of these competitions were nicely placed in the fact that like for that ISS competition, I was able to work on it over winter break, just because that's when some of the, that's when some of the applications were coming, where the deadlines were due. Um, so I was able to get a bulk of the work done then, and then it made it more manageable when I had schoolwork. Um, and so just things like that and planning ahead also really help, I think, with the time management. Right, right. Well, and let's talk about another cool thing that happened. Paul, tell the audience about what is the Edison Award and your involvement with uh, our recent our recent experiences with the Edison. So the Edison Awards is essentially um, a very renowned entrepreneurship competition in honor of Thomas Edison. And essentially it looks for, um, looks for companies of any size uh, that have innovative ideas within multiple different sections. We, have, we used BlueCube Aerospaces. Uh, we developed on BlueCube Aerospaces business plan and model in order to apply to the education, educational category. And essentially, we talked about how we're trying to bring aerospace education to many different students in aerospace educational consulting. Um, and we ultimately were able to advance throughout, throughout all of the rounds and won ourselves a silver award, which was very cool. That was presented at the Edison Awards event. Um, and so that was just a really cool experience because in addition to the scientific parts of, of the Wolfpack, there's also the entrepreneurship aspects. Um, so it really shows that like, just because you're doing something related to aerospace doesn't mean that you can also find other passions that go along with it in order to just help it make a more well-rounded experience for you. Yeah, well, well said. And again, uh, a student-led activity. Uh, Paul, if Paul doesn't do our nomination package, we don't become finalists. So uh, tremendous. You know, I'm so excited about that. And, and I will add that our category in which we received the silver was education, experiential learning, we actually defeated, uh, we were a little better. Uh, bronze went to IBM, which it's cool to beat Big Blue. And gold went to a, you know, a group of surgeons who created some kind of tool for helping surgeons do surgery. So we can't feel too bad about picking up silver in our first time. You know, I wanna talk a little bit about the teams. As you mentioned, you just kind of like, you become part of groups that are all working together on the same kind of thing. Uh, but I imagine too that there are struggles at times when you're having to lead a group. And I know right now you're both leading papers, for example, and you've led other things as well. How do you, how do you do such a good job or how do you find yourself being able to interact with others to make sure that they're doing their end of the bargain? Or, you know, I imagine that's a tough place for, for students in general working with other young people. So, especially if they're in different geographical yeah. locations and maybe different ages. And I mean, because I think that it's not for everyone, right? Like there are some, I think some students try it out and then it's a little overwhelming at first, the, the kind of the, the leadership 
requirements where you have to kind of sometimes stand up and tell people, hey, we got to do better. Or we got to do differently. Uh, so, so let's start with you, Yasmin. What are your thoughts on leading a team? What are some of those struggles and how do you mitigate those? I mean, I would say probably one of the biggest struggles is keeping an open line of communication. Um, but in terms of mitigating those with my team, I've just asked like, okay, we'll create small deadlines for before an abstract is due or before a paper is due. And if somebody can't be at a meeting, a group meeting, then they just have to communicate that with me. And I can say, okay, we can meet on a different day, maybe separately or with part of the group and kind of make it work so that everybody's pulling their weight while also not feeling like they're tied down um, and kind of giving them that freedom as long as they don't take a lot of it and like as long as they get all their work done um, right. and just yeah, I, essentially asking for them to communicate with us. I, I would say it's much harder for a, a maybe an 11 or 12 year old to um, employ that level of maturity that you just shared with us because that was a very very cool what you you very well explained how you do it and it's great. Yeah. I just imagine though if you're 11 year old that's a lot harder maybe for them to see that than you at your 18 years old. Paul, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that the ability that the ability that the Wolfpack gives us to like lead teams um, is really invaluable because leadership's just a skill that it can really only be attained by working on it and doing it from such a young age, like in the ninth grade and even back into middle school. Um, it was just, it's just really great. And it's like a life skill that's just very amazing to have. Personally, when I lead teams, I agree with everything Jasmine said. Um, I think it's great to set like deadlines uh, for different tasks. And also I think delegating work is one of the biggest things uh, and making sure that you're giving out assignments that you think that your teammates can do and that they're passionate about. For example, on papers, uh, there's a lot of different like sections and some people may be more interested in one of the sections than another one. Uh, so just trying to like get a feel for what your teammates like and then being able to delegate their work accordingly. And then Ms. Christensen also really helps because like you can set many deadlines within your team, but then she also sets bigger deadlines for like big drafts too. Uh, and generally those are way ahead of when we actually need to submit them, but it just gives us a good thing so that she can review it. She can look through and give us feedback and then we can go through many editing stages before we actually have to submit our paper to the conference. I, I think you guys nailed it. You, uh, one of you is talking about the importance of open communication, communication and, um, and Paul, the, the know your people, right? If you know your team members, then you can, mm -hmm. I, I think you guys are talking way above your age right now. You're, you're, you're killing it. Well, and you know, as we've grown, right. Cause I, you know, Yasmin, you've joined us right at this time that we were expanding and Paul, you've seen it happen too. It's become a little bit almost overwhelming even for us to keep track of as we kind of learned right at the beginning of this meeting off air, right? So it's one of those things that even if I, I communicate um, or I try to communicate as maybe over communicate, but at the same time, if I don't do that, there's there's no way even I can stay organized. It's trying to keep inside. And, and I dropped the ball. There are times that we thought we were communicating something, but apparently we didn't do it well enough, you know? So I think even the adults who are part of this group are really um, learning yes. from those kinds of skills as uh, well. If I had to do it over again, I'm not sure if I would have submitted, you know, 25 kids yes. would have written 44 abstracts for six conferences because little did I know, I thought we would be successful, 
but I didn't believe we'd have 37 of them accepted. That's, you know, uh, we are victims of our, of our own ruthless efficiency, yeah. I guess. So, um, but yeah, we've learned to. All right. Well, we are getting closer to the end of uh, our time. So the, the final question that I usually like to ask of our guests is some advice that they have. And so considering the amazing work that you're doing, and I mean, let's face it, it's real world, right? We, talk, we use that word all the time. It doesn't really mean anything, but, but we actually try to employ that here. And you are examples of, of how that's done. What advice would you have for some of maybe our younger listeners or even for parents who sometimes are maybe a little bit reluctant to let their students fail and to work at higher level things. Uh, so, so let's start with Paul this time and we'll finish out with Yasmin. Well, I think that mentioning the part about failing, um, you can never like grow without getting out of your comfort zone and failing and working on these high level projects. It just, um, it really helps you broaden your horizons and like think about many different things and get different perspective on the science that you're working on. And in addition to that, um, as I sort of mentioned earlier, some people may think when they're going into this that they're only going to be working on like high level science projects. But as Ms. Christensen just mentioned, it's also about real life skills, like writing papers, learning how to manage teams and leadership, uh, and then just learning how to really operate on a high level in the in a real world environment, especially if you want to go into fields in science, but also if you want to go into things like entrepreneurship. So I feel like um, this is just the wolf package is giving me like a really valuable set of skills that I'm going to continue growing with them and then then be able, going to be able to apply in my own life and my own endeavors as I grow up and get a job and things like that. So just learning that going out of your comfort zone, which the wolf pack will force you to do, will just help you grow in the long run. Great. Yasmin? I think it's just important for some of the younger listeners is like, the wolf pack is already like we're a group that is launching and coming up with experiments that are going to be launched into space and that's something you wouldn't expect from middle school high school and college students you would expect that from some of the older people so for the younger kids it's like you don't have to expect to fail you have to just be able to put all the work in it that you have and essentially get out what you put in um, and essentially not being afraid to branch out, try new things and kind of pursue your passions now because who knows what it would lead to down the road. Um, and I 100% agree with Paul that if you don't step out of your comfort zone, you're not going to know what you're capable of doing. And this is the age where everybody's like learning and growing and trying to figure out what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And I know probably a lot of the people in Wolfpack will be going into the science fields, but I'm sure there's some people who will go into legislation, law, writing. And so it's like, this helps us in whichever path we choose. And it's just kind of the common interest for space. Yeah. So no, essentially just not being afraid to branch out. I think those are great final words. And I just want to add to that, that you're both willing to do the work. And that's really the other factor, right? You can take advantage of the opportunities. That's one thing I think that we've been able to provide is find that passion, whatever it is, and, and be able to work it into an industry, right? Even I didn't recognize that until I went on that first MIT trip with, with Paul when he was in a, what, sixth grade? And I was like, wow, I see it now. It all fell together for me. But the, the real key 
is that you guys are willing to do the work. Yes. So you can have all the opportunities in the world, but if you're not willing to, to work and try, as you said, to go outside of your comfort zone, it won't work the same way. So and, I and, hope and not only that, you deserve the accolades absolutely. you get. Um, I, I, we didn't even talk about it, Yasmin, but Yasmin had a paper accepted at AppsIcon at Astrobiology and, and, and presented in a conference that was in Atlanta yeah. this year. And I want you guys to get the accolades because you're doing the work, right? I, I am a big believer in a meritocracy that if you... If you earn it and deserve it, you should get it. So uh, yes, you will fail. And yes, you will win some. And, and uh, I think it's good to experience both. Yeah. You guys are a tremendous advertisement for what we try to do with the Aerospace and Innovation Academy and through our Wolfpack CubeSat team. And, and this year, you guys are even part of the Blue Cube Aerospace, a, a, an LLC, a, as we try to do even more with students. So thank you for taking some really, time to be with us today. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm sure be hearing more of you. You guys know I, we think the world of you. So, uh, and we'll, we'll need to bring you back in a year or so, maybe uh, down the road, especially as you keep piling on these accomplishments and um, keep pointing a light, you know, for these kids that come behind you. To well, see we'll see them in work. Athens next month as well. Yes. They present their research there. So, yes. uh, and again, later for some in Paris. So, all right, well, thanks for being with us guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you just heard from two of our, our favorite people. I mean, they do so many things well. And obviously, we, we have a gen, you know, we love these kids and we're very proud of the work they do. Yeah, the, the Wolf Pack, you know, which is, is really just a, one of the groups that kind of is through the Aerospace and Innovation Academy, but it's really the, the end goal. Like when you first start with us, right? You wanna end up there because that's when you start becoming yourself. You start doing your, your passion research, so to speak. But I will say it's also like a little family, right? So it's been helpful because so many parents have allowed us to really work with their kids without intervening. They've allowed us to push them. Uh, they let us talk to them like they're our own children, at least in, in my case, there are times where, you know, I've spoken to them that way. And, and we've been really fortunate to have a group of people that, that trust us enough to do that because it allows their kids to do these, these great things. Right. Family is a good word because sometimes family people, members don't yeah, get along, so but uh, we also are bound together. We have some common goals and uh, truly for the parents listening, um, this blue sky philosophy that we tout a lot you get to see it when you see the or listen to the interviews or see on the YouTube channel uh, students that are actually taking something they love and running with it as far as they want to go and in a and and here's a cliche again real world right mm -hmm. what you heard these children uh, well what you heard these young students talking about today was uh, presenting at real world uh, international conferences entering uh, entrepreneurial competitions for companies. Uh, in nationwide competitions and events sponsored by NASA or the International Space Station National Labs. And, uh, you know, I have no doubt they're going to be wonderful members of society in the STEM fields down the road. Well, just in whatever field they choose to undertake. Um, no doubt this is important to think, too, as we start our fall, when fall comes around and we start the Vanguard uh, program, which is going to be one that allows people to choose a track to really help them narrow down for those opportunities. So, you know, if your student is interested in getting involved, please reach out to us. Uh, I think, you know, you can find us at aerospacehigh.org and uh, certainly reach out to us on Facebook or, or follow us and share our podcast and, and notice there. We hope, of course, that you will continue to join us next week as we say, let's, let's go, go to, to space. space.